Welcome to Good Things Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Honey. There are a lot of negative, discouraging, and even scary things going on in the world today. It's easy for me to start catastrophizing if I focus on it long enough, but the Bible tells us that God works for the good of those who love Him. And as we read more of the Bible, we can see that good doesn't always mean easy. And this is the podcast that reminds us that God is good, no matter what the circumstances and whether we believe it or not, because life is hard and messy, but God is good and doesn't change. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Good Things Podcast. I'm Emily Honey, and I am so glad, as always, that you're here with me. But sometimes it feels like I'm just in here talking to myself. So if you could do something for me, I would love that. If you would go over to Instagram or Facebook and just follow me there on Facebook, it's at Good Things Podcast. And on Instagram, it's at Good Things Podcast with underscores in between the words. I would just love to hear from you over there. We do Good Things Thursdays, so we share a good thing on Thursdays. I would just love to hear from you because, like I said, I am so glad that you're here and I love getting to share this time with you and I would love to hear your feedback about it. So if you could head over there and do that, that would be super encouraging to me. I would really appreciate it. And while you're at doing favors for me, if you just jump into your podcast app right now and hit the subscribe button, if you haven't already, that would be awesome. I really appreciate that. And I have some great interviews lined up. I don't want you to miss them. So I know you're not going to regret subscribing. We're just an every other week podcast, not even every week. So, you know, you've got the time for every other week. Go ahead and hit subscribe. And if you are in Apple iTunes, go over and leave us a five-star rating and a nice comment because I do read those and those are really encouraging. Again, it helps me feel like I'm not just in here talking to myself. So I would really appreciate it if you would do one or any or all of those things for me me. I would just love to hear from you. Okay, so let's get to the good stuff for today. In today's show, we're talking to Valerie Warner. She is the owner of Valmarie Paper and the author of several books, including her book, Grumpy Mom Takes a Holiday, which really helped change my perspective on mothering when my kids were a little bitty and I didn't get a whole lot of sleep. She also recently released a book called Pray Confidently and Consistently, and it is fantastic. It's very practical, which if you've listened at all, you know how much I love a practical application. And we talk a lot about this book today. So I really hope you enjoy our conversation with Val today. Hi, Val. How are you today? Hey, I'm doing good. Good. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Uh, To be honest, I'm a little nervous because I'm a big fan. So I'm like a little sweaty. (laughs) I'm like, why did I wear a sweater? Um, So I'm very excited. Hey, I still get like that. I do. I, especially video, I always get like a little bit uh, nervous. So we'll be nervous together. Okay, great. (laughs) Perfect. So uh, before we get started, I wanted to tell you something that we have a funny like near connection. It's not a connection, but it almost is. My husband graduated from Louisiana Tech the same year you did. I don't really, he doesn't know, like he didn't recognize you. I showed him your picture. He was like, I don't, I don't know her. You're in totally different majors, but I was like, that's so funny that. Whoa. What's his name? His name's Jeremy Honey. So he was, what did he graduate in? Communication, um, what's it called? (laughs) Communication design, graphic design. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And 
was he involved in any anything like uh bcm or any extracurricular things yeah he was but i don't know what they were because i didn't okay. go there so yeah. i'm like no, no, i don't really know <laughs> i'm not sure yeah what did, so oh, that, that's really cool i love that yeah so that's just a funny little connection that we have that i was like oh that's so i don't know made me made me smile yeah. um but why don't you go ahead and tell me about yourself about your family and what you do um so we can share that with the listeners yeah. So um, I am Valerie Warner and I own Valmarie Paper and I live in South Louisiana. And oh, well, Valmarie Paper, we uh, create prayer journals. I got to write a book on prayer and some other things. But yeah, I live in South Louisiana with my husband, Tyler, and we have two girls, Vivi and Vanna, that are five and eight. So um, I also have a twin sister, which I like to mention her too, because they're, we, they live a street over and are very much our lives are very much intertwined in a fun way so yeah that's really cool I have two sons one is five and one is seven mm-hmm. so really oh. similar ages to your girl yeah yeah my, my oldest just turned eight in October oh, nice. so so yeah I'm surprised I got I said that right <laughs> yes yeah my oldest just turned seven so <laughs> in October so that's <laughs> so funny well that is awesome I have read multiple of your books and I love them. And mm-hmm. I also have your prayer journals, which is why I asked you to be on the show because I was like, well, I would like to talk to her. So I thought it would be fun to see if you would talk to me. So I'd love for you to tell me about your new book on prayer. I've started reading it. I think it's fantastic. So tell me about oh, yeah. what made you decide to write that and just talk to me about that book. Yeah. So I have been having conversations with people about prayer for the last eight years, pretty much since I started the journals and I graduated in journalism and knew I wanted to be a writer, but never had any intention of writing any books. But, um, I feel like when the Lord puts a topic on your heart, it's, it, it, it's not easy, but it's easier. It's easier. (laughs) So I had, didn't really have any intention of writing about prayer, but as the topic, came this idea for a book came to me it really came from these conversations over the last eight years with women about what the struggles were for prayer it is not a theological or it's not like this like systemic wait what's it I can't even say it right it's not like a um systematic theology of (laughs) prayer it covers everything not everything but it covers just a lot about prayer, but the intent is that it is to help you pray more. And Mm -hmm. it covers 15 of the weights that we can feel that are dragging us down. And um, I based it off of the verse Hebrews uh, in Hebrews 12, I think it's 12 one about um, throwing off all the unnecessary weights and just running and Mm -hmm. just this image of running and running fast. It just feels I start the book with it, just that image of remembering whenever I could run fast and how cool it felt (laughs) to run fast and Mm -hmm. then just how it feels to run now and how we can often feel like that in our prayer life. Just that we want to pray more, but it's boring. We want to pray like we feel like we should be doing it, but we just don't feel any power from it. And Mm -hmm. those can just feel like very overwhelming things. Even if we kind of feel like we have a grasp that we want to do it, it still feels very overwhelming to do. So this book is all about how to practically pray more. And it, again, like I, 
I didn't write it to be this big, super deep book on prayer that to where you feel like, oh, I just learned about prayer. Mm-hmm. It really is a, just a super accessible book for people who maybe have seen other books on prayer and been intimidated by the idea. It will take you deep, but it's, it is very accessible at the same time. So, so yeah, that's, yeah, that's the book. <laughs> I love that. What I've read so far has been very accessible and mm-hmm. like I've read Grumpy Mom Takes a Holiday and I have your mom's devotional book. Oh, and I also feel yeah. like they're very practical and I love that you give practical steps. Mm-hmm. Like I remember someone gave me Grumpy Mom Takes a Holiday as a present and I started reading it like while my husband was out of town and it was mm-hmm. like, I don't deserve a full night's sleep. And like, I literally slept almost none that night because my children were like in my bed and crying. They were little yeah. babies. So I think that it's so wonderful the way that I see in the writing of yours that I've read, you're just very practical. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate that. And yeah, I think that it's really helpful to have like practical, like here's what you can do to help when, mm-hmm. with prayer, especially. So, because it, it is, I think something that we don't, do enough or don't take, I think, um, enough stock in as American Christians or Westerners. Yeah. Yeah. And it can feel so elusive. So Mm -hmm. like we've always said, like our motto with at Valmary paper is literally just this idea of, okay, that sounds really great. Now, how, what do we do with that? Cause there's a lot of things that we can, we can read books or we could read blog posts and things that like, we're like, okay, I really like that idea, but I Mm -hmm. don't know how to practically apply it to my life. So, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that too. Cause I really, I always have the same thing. I'm like, how does that actually apply though? Like, I love this. How do I like work that out in my life? How does that apply to my relationship with God or whatever? So yeah, I love that. I love that. So what's something that God's taught you as you've done a lot of research? Cause I saw like you had Mm -hmm. a picture of like all these books on prayer. So what is something God's been teaching you about prayer as you've been researching and working on this book and all that? Yeah. So one of the coolest things was reading books from like the seventies and eighties on prayer and realizing how, like you already kind of said it, like our Western world, but like it has changed even from our grandparents' generation. I've talked to my husband's grandmother and she was, uh, she's married to a missionary and Baptist preacher. And Mm -hmm. she was, I was telling her about how I was reading in this book about prayer chains. And she was like, oh yeah, we had prayer chains. Like they, one lady would call the next lady and then they'd each pray and then call the next lady. And there were so many things that they, that were so normal and every day in their church that had Mm -hmm. to do with prayer that are not a part of our prayer lives anymore. And I've tried to understand or like give my theories of why I think this happens, like whether it's like maybe they got burnt out and they didn't even, that generation didn't share as much with their kids about it. Or like my parents' generation, like maybe they, they don't even know it. So they didn't know to teach us about it. Right. That's kind of confusing, but I just feel like there we are demanding so much from these little Hail Mary prayers that we make during the day when we're frustrated, Mm -hmm. as opposed to putting in the time and the effort that people, you know, in the age of Billy Graham crusades, they were praying a year and a half in advance for these events. And, you know, we're demanding that the event that we throw for our kids in two weeks that we've prayed for twice is going to have the same impact. And we're just, Mm -hmm. we're just not inviting the Holy spirit into it like other people have. And so 
I think that was the craziest realization. And we're actually, even like the work that we're going to be doing over the next six months is going to be visually, we have some ideas for this campaign, Mm -hmm. bringing back to that time and introducing it to people who have never really thought about it before. So that's a long answer. (laughs) Yeah, no, I love that. And I think it makes me wonder if, I think that's a great question, like what happened since even just like the seventies or eighties that has Mm -hmm. caused that shift. And it it makes me wonder actually about like the busyness that we just increasingly kind of add on with technology and everything like that. If some of it has to do with that, instead of calling someone and praying with them, you know, and then that person calling someone like, when was the last time you called someone that wasn't like in your Mm -hmm. family? (laughs) I don't, or a doctor or something. Like I don't (laughs) ever call someone who I don't absolutely have to call. So I just wonder if it has to do with like our just busy lives. Yes. And I feel like, I mean, I don't know when the washing machine was invented, but I do remember them talking about like, oh, this is going to increase, like, you're going to save time. Everything is about saving time. And it's like, no, now we don't save time. We just do more. Right. And you're right. Like even the idea of a prayer chain and like having one, one person call the next person, it's like, just shoot a text to everybody at one time, but it's, it's a different thing. So yeah, I think busyness could definitely be just a very big factor of why that has changed as well. Yeah. yeah. And I, I also think like, because of that, we've lost some of the power of praying together because there's definitely yeah. power in praying on your own, but you know, biblically mm-hmm. it is a good thing to bring pe- people together and pray yeah. together to a certain end. And so I think maybe we've lost some of that because I mean, I remember as a little girl going to like Wednesday night prayer meeting and I don't, oh, they yeah. don't have that anymore. You know, like I yeah. grew up in a really small church. So we might've been a little behind the times in the nineties. That might yeah. not have been a thing in big churches, but it wasn't ours. So my parents, like, I think they would, I don't know, as in the nursery or whatever, the kids program, but I think they would just like pray. And I think, yeah. you know, I remember just sitting there like coloring or whatever, and they would just literally just spend an hour praying for things mm-hmm. that were going on. Um, and I think maybe we've, we've lost some of that yes. and, and some of the desire to do that. Yeah. And it's almost like if it's, if, if we talk about that, it's like, or if somebody's like, oh yeah, well we do that. We have a Bible study and then we right. pray at the end, like for five minutes. It's like, no, they were right. spending two hours yes. sitting together at a house. They wouldn't, and not to say they wouldn't have snacks or chat and stuff like that, but right. like they would pray and that's, it is yeah. so foreign. And we, whenever we came out with a book, we did a pre-order bonus for a guide to basically walk you through the book in a group. Yeah. And then by the end of the group, you, you are spending almost zero time in discussion and most of the time praying so that yeah. it could be like a way to start a prayer group, but very like gradually mm-hmm. just knowing it's intimidating. Yeah. And we actually, we were like, we're, we're making that a a product after we're not making it like, Oh, it's this pre-order bonus that goes away. Cause we just feel like mm-hmm. that idea of praying together is so needed right now, Yeah, but it is, it feels really, really hard to do and really intimidating yes. to try to say, Oh, do you guys, let me try to get five friends to pray with me for two hours. Like that right. just seems yeah. like, what are we going to do pray that? About? Yeah. 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 It's exactly. paralyzing. So yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that, that it kind of eases you in again with the practicality mm-hmm. into being able to do that because I feel like 
prayer, being able to spend more time in prayer. And maybe I've read this from you. I don't know, but it's kind of like exercising the muscle. Whereas you start out initially exercising and you're like, I can only do this for five minutes. And then you're, you know, yeah. done. And same with prayer. You can only do it for a little bit of time because you're not really sure where to go. But the more that you exercise mm-hmm. it and practice it, the stronger you get, the more you can go further and deeper and develop that strength. So I love that. Yes. Yeah. I love that. And, and in the beginning, it's like, we can't expect to have these, like, I think we expect all the feelings to be there right away. Right. And we even feel like we can't be, we can't start this habit because it feels fake. Like if I'm starting Mm -hmm. a habit that I'm doing and I'm not feeling it, then it's fake. And it's not fake. You are developing that habit so that Mm -hmm. you can grow the relationship. Like I think about arranged marriages a little bit, Yeah. (laughs) like, um, just the idea that like they develop, they, there, there is a learned love, you know, like even yeah. the concept of like marrying for love, me and my husband were talking about like, that wasn't, I'm saying this and I'm not, I haven't done my own research. We just talked about it. So this, I could be wrong, but like, it's not in the Bible that like, right. It, it's based off of this attraction and love in the beginning, it grows to that. Yeah. And so if we're expecting to just first time we start sit down to pray, to be welled up with all these emotions, like we are going to get disappointed and then we're going to quit. But if we know this takes time and this takes commitment, and even Mm -hmm. when you commit, it may be hard. Like then we can keep going. We can overcome those barriers that we're going to face. Right. And I think that, I think you're totally right. I think just a little side note, I've done a tiny, tiny little scratch the surface research into when like people felt like they needed to fall in love. I think it started like in the romantic period, like with the romanticism school of philosophy. I'm pretty sure that's when it started. It's a little tangential, but I was like, that's so interesting because I totally agree. That's not biblical as far as I know at all that we need to be in love with someone that we marry, that it would just develop over time. Um, But what I was going to say about your point was now I've forgotten it. I don't remember because I got too excited <laughs> about the romantic period. So I don't yeah, know. No, <laughs> uh, well, I'll say this and maybe it'll come to you. But um, okay. when we think about like the church is the bride of Christ, mm-hmm. like even the church, t- I mean, like it's, it's a picture. And if we know that the biblical picture of marriage is there is a learned love, then we can just kind of chill out and not feel so much pressure of this feels boring. It's supposed to feel more like just more emotions. Yeah. 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 I was going to point out out a little bit. I remembered. So I'm glad you said that, (laughs) Oh yes, that I think that we can also, especially because we have such instant gratification in our culture, Mm -hmm. we can easily get discouraged if we feel like, like God's not answering our prayers or whatever, or we're not developing this feeling or this connectedness that we want Mm -hmm. to have. Uh, that we want to have straight away. And I don't think that that's necessarily how it has to be or should always be. So we have, yeah. to, we have to be in it for the long haul, just like in the marriage, we have to be in it for the, the lifetime commitment. And yeah, like, honestly, even though I did like fall in love quote with my husband before we got married, I love him way more now that we've been mm-hmm. married over 12 years because of the time we've spent together, the things we've gone through, the, you know, things we've learned about ourselves, the way we've both grown closer to God and having children together. Like I love him way more now and in a deeper 
less like giddy way than I did yeah. when we got married or when we were dating. And I would never go back to that. Like I would yeah. never go back to that first in love infatuation stage ever because it doesn't have the richness or the depth of understanding that we have now. And I think that yeah. it can definitely be like that with God too. Okay. So we were kind of talking about just the importance of prayer and developing a relationship with God. So why do you think that having this book now, why is it important to have this book on prayer now? Yeah, I think just kind of going back to where we are in our culture right now, I think it's, it's needed. I think, so I don't know how to say this because I, I never want, I don't know how this comes off, but whenever I was writing my book proposal, part of like they ask like, who's your target market for this? Mm-hmm. And I kind of put in there about for casual, a casual Christian, like somebody who believes in God mm-hmm. and they know prayer is great, but maybe they haven't taken it in a deeper way and they yeah. want to, or, yeah. and, and it's still for people who've like been Christians for a long time and it's deeper, but I, I wanted to attract those people just knowing that I know I heard this recently, like the church the attendance for churches is going Mm -hmm. is down right now, but it's not necessarily that like people are losing their faith and falling away. It's just that church is no longer easy or comfortable. Like in the sixties and seventies, it was like, yeah, you would say you were a Christian just because it was, it was like, you'd actually probably get better treatment if you said that, you know, like, because it was kind of like a Christian culture. Right. But now it, the, it is not a place of lukewarmness. Mm-hmm. So I think like for me, I wanted to reach people who were like on that fence of, do I take this deeper or do I, is right. this going to be, I don't want to say, is this it, you know, but like, I right. want people who are maybe unsure to see and know how real God is. Mm-hmm. And that a lot of times when we have felt like our relationship with God, that God has failed us. He doesn't hear us. He doesn't answer our prayers. He doesn't like when we can assume he doesn't love us. Like that is big right now. People just feel like God is angry and doesn't love them. And it can come because we've prayed prayers and didn't hear anything from him or didn't feel like he responded, Mm -hmm. but it could be from faulty expectations of him, which is the first chapter. We talk about what to expect from God Mm -hmm. or like to know him in a real way so that we don't pray for something that's just totally has no connection to what God would, would wants to do in our life and then get mad at him for it. So I think that my hope for this book is that it will reach people who have had struggles with who God is, mm-hmm. who have um, been disappointed by him and just could never feel like they broke through to this amazing, consistent relationship with God that I feel like this is a privilege that we get to have this. This is not an obligation that we're trying to like check off a box or something. And we're not doing him any favors by having a relationship with him. He created the universe. He created us. So this is like, this is a privilege for us. And I just think what would happen if believers went from feeling prayer is an obligation. I'm kind of a Christian because it's easy to, I am sold out. I am pursuing this relationship with him and I am living from a place of consistent prayer with him, obedience, and just a heart that longs for him. Like, it's just, those are two totally different things. So I, 
my, I don't know if this necklace has it, but we have necklaces in our shop. One says revival. And I'm just Mm -hmm. so hopeful for revival in our age and that we would, you know, we do live in just such a comfortable time and not everybody, we all have hardships, but like Mm -hmm. in general, our culture is very comfortable. And I think if we like, it's going to take a lot more for us to embrace prayer because life is so comfortable and we feel like we can do it all on our own. Yeah. 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 I think that there's this false sense of control we get from like having all our needs Mm -hmm. met all the time because not everyone obviously has that, like you just said, but a a lot of us culturally do have, you know, food and a place to live and clothes to wear and things like that. And um, there's this like false sense of control and security. Mm-hmm. And so if we feel like we have it all in control, then we don't, you know, need God to have it in control. Cause yeah. I, mean, I, I do that. I'm not saying other people do. I'm saying that's, that's my, my struggle is saying, well, like, I'm good, I got, I've got it. Like you take a, take a time out. You take a break. Yes. And I, I, the, I wrote an article for, I think it's well-watered women that came out today. And it, I literally said, you, we're literally a phone call or a few dollars away from solving a lot of our problems. Mm-hmm. And because of that, we are not going to God. We're, you know, right. if we think we can solve our problem, then we're not going to go to him. And if, even if we could think we could, if we think we could do an adequate job, right. we will, you know, but if we are desperate and if we're just like, I cannot do this without him, we will come to him in prayer. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. And I think that this is just such a great time because I think that even though we have all those needs met, I think that there's just a lot of like emotional struggle, like with COVID still yeah. kind of ongoing, there's a lot of loneliness mm-hmm. and disconnectedness and discontentedness. And I, I love the opportunity there for God to move in really big ways. Like, I don't love that those yeah. things are going on, but I love that. Like I can, you know, my, my kindness and my pointing people to Christ, I feel like has a lot bigger impact now than it might have two years ago, because people yeah. are so lonely. And so like, just struggling, we're just, I think, kind of still struggling in this weird kind of post pandemic, but not really. Era. Yeah. So. And I mean, our cell phones too. like the studies that just show that our cell phones literally causes depression, anxiety, yeah. like yeah. It, it's evident. And I remember my husband saying years ago, and I've since heard this from other people. So we always tease him. We're like, Tyler, you should have like patented that saying that. But yeah. um, the idea that cell phones are going to be like cigarettes were like, we're all going to just be like, whoa, you're uh, like, our grandkids are going to be like, Grandma Val, y'all would just sit around on your cell phone all day. Yeah. Like, it's going to be crazy that. to them. Or I hope it's crazy to them just because I hope we move away from it. But the fact that it's, there is scientific evidence of how much these things can disrupt us. Like, of course, like mm-hmm. we are living in just such a, a time of needing, needing, I mean, more of Jesus. We know that, but yeah. 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 Now yeah. is the time for him. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Have you read the ruthless elimination of hurry by John Mark? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Love, love that. Yeah. Book. It just made me think about yes. talking about like the technology and all the addiction and all that stuff. I was just like, yeah, well, I love like the chapters and things he has on that. Cause it's just like, it's fast. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's this, just a really research. great read. Yeah. It's great. It's a great read. So So you've had these prayer journals 
for mm-hmm. years now. Mm-hmm. Um, how, tell me a little bit about what made you want to start the business of having prayer journals and like mm-hmm. how that's kind of where that's gone and how, how that's going and where it's going. Yeah. So after, oh, this is a probably a little more than you're asking for, but after I graduated from tech, like we talked about, mm-hmm. I went home, worked at a newspaper, was planning on being a writer there. But um, you start out designing the layout for the newspapers. I did that for probably a year and a half. And it was like a four to midnight job. You worked Mm -hmm. all the holidays. You worked every weekend. And it was just kind of exhausting. And then I realized nobody who was doing my position had actually moved to a writer. So it it felt like kind of like a dead end for me. Um, I ended up deciding to start my own wedding planning business after watching The Wedding Planner with J-Lo, which sounds so cliche. (laughs) But I had three friends getting married one summer and I was like, I want to help them. I like researched it. I prayed about it for like two months. Like my journal is like so funny to read. So I started a wedding planning business. And from there, after doing weddings for several years, it took off. It was really a rewarding job. But I I started doing wedding invitations for my customers just because I could create something a little cheaper for them. I could Mm -hmm. use that design that I had already been using that design skill. And from there, I sold the wedding planning business when Mm -hmm. I decided when me and my husband wanted to have kids and I, we got pregnant pretty quick. And whenever I was pregnant with my daughter and focusing on the wedding invitations, first of all, my journals are filled of just like, Lord, please use me. I want you to use me. And, and also prayers of, if you want me to do this, these wedding invitations, like send me customers. I cannot sustain this. It was not making enough money. I thankfully sold my wedding planning business. So I was able to like sustain myself for a little while, but the Mm -hmm. prayers in there of just like, what are you doing? were crazy. So Mm -hmm. in the midst of that, I had decided that if I was going to make it through pregnancy, I needed something to help me focus on not my anxieties um, Mm -hmm. with pregnancy, but on praying for them. And I just was very overwhelmed. I tried to keep just like a blank notebook didn't work. Mm -hmm. And then I pictured this format that I really thought had to exist. I even searched online for it for months, couldn't find it. And by the time I like literally had to get out of my first trimester, I ended up creating it. And my printer who did the wedding invitations, he was like, I can print this for you, but you know, you got to print 50 of them. You can't just print one of them. (laughs) So I was like, okay, I'll just put it out there and hope that like, we'll at least sell enough to cover the cost. Like I don't have to profit off of this, but let me just cover the cost. And again, this is still while I'm like writing these prayers of like, Lord, send me wedding customers and (laughs) having no clue that it's going to be a business. But we Mm -hmm. ended up sharing about them about two weeks before Vivi, my first daughter was born and ended up selling, I want to say a hundred within that first couple of weeks. And then two weeks after she was born, we shipped out a hundred journals and it has just grown ever since Mm -hmm. we have sold over a hundred thousand journals at this point. And again, never thought it was going to be a business mainly because I just did not think other people struggled like I did with prayer, which I mm-hmm. always feel so silly saying, cause you're just like everybody. Now I know everybody struggles with right. that. But at the time I just really thought, well, this is going to help my brain, but like, this isn't right. going to be for other people. So yeah, that's, that's the long, long version, but it's been, it has been cool to see 
God used my love of writing that now I get to write books, mm-hmm. my, that love, that design that I didn't want necessarily in the beginning of newspaper to write, like I would have not created the prayer journals. Yeah. Um, even my hypochondria, which still plagues me and I'm still working through the other day, I literally sat there and I was like, if I wasn't a hypochondriac, I never would have created these journals. Like mm-hmm. it was birthed from that fear. So I was able to appreciate the struggles that I've had for years, a little bit more knowing that. So yeah, God, God pieced everything together in a very long, long way, but a good way. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's just so fun to hear that kind of story that like you did not intend for this to be a business. And that I just, I love how God's view is just so much above ours and how we can only see like this and we're praying, like you're praying for customers for wedding invitations and he's creating this whole business slash ministry for you to help facilitate people in prayer. I love that. It's so just exciting to hear people's stories about how God's working like that and has guided them in their lives. So that's really, really cool. I'm glad you you shared the long story. So (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you have a lot of different journals and things. And um, Mm -hmm. why don't you share a little bit about what some of the things are that you have, because someone listening may be interested in those and I'll link your website and everything in the show notes, but um, yeah, share with me a little bit about what some of the things are that you have. Yes. So everything is pretty much based around this six month format. That was Mm -hmm. the original concept of what, um, what I made. And it's this format that you fill out different sections once a month. You pray for the world and nation, community, your church, your friends, your family, yourself. And you fill it out once very prayerfully at the beginning of the month. And you just, you have that now ready for you every day of the week. If you Mm -hmm. want, you can pull it out while you're doing your makeup, while you're cooking as part of your quiet time. And um, instead of facing that, oh my gosh, what do I pray for? you can just dive into prayer. And the hardest part I feel like is that even if we do have time, even if we do make 10 minutes, 15 Mm -hmm. minutes, we could still spend that just thinking about our to-do list or just feeling really distracted. So included in that, we even have like verses or a spot to write prayer, which I feel like Mm -hmm. is not prayer scripture, which I feel like is really important so that we can like align our heart with God. But Mm -hmm. From that, that format, we have journals that you can write in lined pages to write prayers every day. There's some for men, for kids, for pregnancy, different seasons like that. And yeah, just products that are really practical to help you organize your prayers. Yeah. Yeah. I, like I said, I have your uh, yearly one and I just nice. love it. So yeah. um, I've had it for several years now and it's been really great. And one of the things that I, I think it's probably people probably like think it whatever, but one of the things that I've done is that like, I'll do one of the sections like per day. Yeah. So that yeah. way I'm not like trying to fit it all in in one day or whatever. Yes. And so I'll be like, Oh, I'm going to pray for this on Monday and this on Tuesday and this on Wednesday. And that's really helpful for me to like split it up that way. So that way I, cause I want to pray for the nation, the world, but I don't always remember to, you know, things like that. Yeah. So it's nice to know that on Wednesday, I'm going to pray for that or whatever. So, um, yeah. so yeah, so I love that it's even like with the sections and everything, like, I feel like it's really Mm -hmm. flexible in that you can kind of make it like pray for those things whenever you want. And yeah, I love that. It's 
keeps things top of mind that you're wanting to pray for. Yeah. Like you don't have to be like, what do I pray for right now? You can just flip through and be like, oh yeah, so-and-so is going through this. And I wanted, they asked me to pray for that and I want to, so pray for them mm-hmm. while I have five or 10 minutes or, or whatever. So I just, I think that it's really, really beneficial. So I've enjoyed using those. Yes. So, yes, I'm glad to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) So what is kind of your desire for people who get the prayer journals? What would be like your biggest prayer goal for them? Maybe Mm -hmm. not goal, but what would just be your prayer for them, I guess? Yes. So, well, my, everybody who's their journals, they're in my journal every, every month. Mm -hmm. And my hope is that one of my biggest prayers for people is that they will see God work in their life, even in just like a tiny way today Mm -hmm. so that they will know to keep coming back to him. I pray that, you know, it, it's probably based on a lot of the stories that we hear from people, like just the growth that they've experienced or, you know, somebody saying my church asked me to join their prayer team because they've seen me praying consistently. Like that's Mm -hmm. like, it's just cool to see how the things that come about that I didn't necessarily expect for myself or anybody else. But I would say the biggest one is that somebody who is praying right now, who is trying to get consistent, that they will see a little, I call them little victories, just like Mm -hmm. something in their day that reminds them God is listening, God hears them and he loves them so that they know that this is worth it. And I want to keep coming back. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so good. And I think also I meant to mention this too, that I just, I love like the answered prayer where you write down, I don't know if you mentioned that or not, but like, mm-hmm. I love that I didn't. section yeah. where there's like, you can write down answers to prayer because I think for me and probably for other people, it's very easy yeah. to forget when God answers prayer and to forget to praise him for that, to forget to, yeah to forget that when you're going through something else that's similar to it, you know, later on, like, I like to kind of just flip back through the journals and look at the answered prayer pages and be like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I forgot that even happened last year. And that was yes. something that was really, you know, heavy on my heart and here's how God answered it. And just like, it's a really sweet reminder of God's faithfulness in our lives over the course of a year or several years or whatever. So I just, I love that section. Also. Yeah. That, that has been some, and I forget to mention the answered prayers because it feels like, Oh, well, obviously we will have, that's part of the journal, Mm. but that has been one of the things that people are, have been the most, like, this is transformed so much because like you said, there's so many times that God has answered. We just didn't notice. So then we're not like the fact that God could be answering us and we're not Mm -hmm. seeing it. And that's why we aren't praying is just, it's wild, you know? Mm -hmm. So we want to be attentive to that, to see, to be aware when God works so that we can praise him for that. But yeah, when we get to see God answer prayers, like you said, like if it's a similar, if we're walking through something similar and we're able to look back and see, okay, I felt I'm seeing the emotions I felt I'm Mm -hmm. seeing I'm remembering what it felt like to walk that and it felt alone, but there was so much happening in the background that God was doing like that gives us a renewed faith for the future. And I know the Bible talks a lot about like remembering the past creates like, uh, helps us to have more faith for in the future. And that's just, it is, it is priceless. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like, 
it really does harken back to like, especially in the old Testament where God has them set up like all these memorials, all these memorial stones mm-hmm. and things like that. Because if you look at, especially like the Exodus and going into the problem promised land, like how easy the Israelites forget what God's done. And it's really easy for me to look at them judgmentally and be like, God just did this crazy, amazing thing in your life. How (laughs) are you like upset about not having bread? But then I do the same thing, right. In the same sort of way. And so, you know, instead of putting up stones in my front yard, because I can, I am literate and have paper, I can write down (laughs) what God has done and be able to point back to that and point my children back to that as they grow up in the same or similar way that the, you know, so it's a really cool and I think very biblical thing for us to have those places where we say, like, this is what God has done. And I'll continue to tell people about it. So. Yes. And the cool thing about us praying with other people is that you get to experience more answered prayers. Like if Mm -hmm. you're praying for a friend and God works in their life, like imagine if you're praying with 10 people and you get to hear the stories So like, even if in the current thing that you feel like I'm praying for this and it doesn't feel like God's doing much in it, or just feels like kind of quiet, you get to be reminded like God is doing stuff. I know he hasn't disappeared. I can see him working over here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's just a cool thing. Yeah. It's really, really cool. I love that you mentioned that. It just made me think I've had several friends who've had like secondary infertility and stuff. And I've just have gotten to like hold their babies after years of praying for them to have children and things like that. And, um, yeah, just like the wonder and the awe of holding a baby you've prayed for, for five or six years, you know, and it doesn't have to be that specifically, but I just Mm -hmm. really had like a strong remembrance of that, like holding my friend's newborn and being like, I've prayed for you for so long. Like, it's just such a sweet, tangible thing to be able to see. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that you get to share in that in such a real way is just like that should convince us that we should be praying together with other people. Like that is so powerful. That's not even your Mm -hmm. story that's your friend's story, but you get to be a part of that. That's how powerful prayer is that. Yeah. Praying for somebody inserts you into God's story in other people's lives. Like that's just so cool. I yeah, love that. <laughs> I love that too. And I also love that you said it inserts us into other like people's lives in God's story, because I think that it's really easy for us to even in prayer, think like, this is my story and it's about me and mm-hmm. you know, what's God doing in my life, but really it's God's story. And it's about what yeah. he's using us to do in his story. And it's so amazing when we share that with other people and we get to see what he's using them to do in his story and they get to see what he's using us to do. And, um, yeah, it is just hugely encouraging to pray yeah. with other people and see God working because uh, it can be really easy to make him small when we're just talking to him by ourselves and not seeing what he's doing all over the world, everywhere else. So Yeah. Well, and I will say if there's anybody listening, who's like, like I am a, like I prioritize getting stuff done and not people. (laughs) And so this has been new for me to care about praying with other people. I have been praying for a long time, but it's only been in the last year and a half that the Lord has been like prayer, praying with others is so important. And Mm -hmm. like I said, like it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel valuable whenever you're thinking about checking stuff off a list or getting Mm -hmm. things done. So if that's you, like, just know that that's like, I totally understand where you're coming from the, like, I feel like I've just had 
such a learning experience as I've read about praying with other people and seen it in my own life this year in really hard seasons of feeling like I'm struggling to pray and then being surrounded by people who pray. It's, it is, it is invaluable to have other people who can step up and pray for you when you're going through really hard seasons. And it is still, I don't want to say it's silly, but I get, I get fired up about it because it feels like it is silly that we are struggling alone in things when God is telling us like invite somebody into those struggles pray with other people, let somebody else see that hurt because the difference is night and day in how we will experience it. So I pray that if anybody is, you know, feeling like they have prayed and enjoyed a prayer life on their own, but aren't really sure about praying with others that I pray the Lord gives you opportunities that would just show you like, this is amazing and worth it. Yes, absolutely. And in light of that, you still, you have that resource that's going to come out. Do you know when that's going to come out? That can yeah. help as like a guide, yes. if you're interested in that, to read the book and kind of develop into a prayer group that can kind of help ease you into that. So do you know when that's going to be coming out available yeah. for everyone? It's, it's actually out right now. Okay, we had great. our launch team ask for it. They were like, can we just, we were going to do it in like a hardcover book. And they were like, just give us a PDF. We were able to do it cheaper and yeah. just get it out right away. But um, yeah, it's just, it is available right now in our shop and it's just called pray confidently and consistently together. And yeah, like each week it goes from like five minutes of praying to 10 to 15 mm-hmm. and, and progresses until the end is mostly prayer time. And you know, you don't have to ask a friend, Hey, can you join a two hour prayer or 90 minute prayer meeting? You can just say, come learn about prayer and we're going to grow and praying together Yeah, in a less intimidating way. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. And like I said, I'll link all that in the show notes. So that way it's easy to access for people. So if they're interested in that, they can find that easily. Oh, this has been so good. I've just really enjoyed talking with you about prayer. Yeah, me too. Um, So I do have one more question for you though, since mm-hmm. the podcast is called good things podcast, I ask everyone what's something good in your life right now. And it can be something that's really big that God is doing, or it can be something mm-hmm. really small that just is encouraging you today. So, yeah. Oh, okay. So sorry. I'm like t- tearing up. Um, that's so okay. I cry almost out. every show. So I'm really impressed. I've made it this far without crying. So you're good. You, you feel free. I might cry. I'll do the crying today. Crying. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> um, so the book came out about two weeks ago and, and it has been a very heavy year of spiritual warfare just yeah. leading up to this. And it's the Lord. It, it's so interesting. And I've tried to not bank on this, but every time we have like a big journal launch or a big product launch or the book, the, the enemy is so ruthless before, but as soon as mm-hmm. those launches happen, it kind of falls away. And I try not to expect that, but that is what ha- has happened. So I feel like we're in a really sweet season. My, I feel like my kids need me more right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm able to just like, I probably should be promoting the book more right now, but I've been able to just be home with them mm-hmm. to, we are making routine charts over nice. here we're about to do some laminating which nice. i'm not crafty uh, <laughs> and we are like laminating isn't crafty but no, um, no. you can laminate you got training. this <laughs> yeah no um but just a lot of training in my family and being able to just gosh enjoy like the rest of like it is out there people mm-hmm. can read it and i can 
tend to my family in a really sweet way in a time that they really, they need, seem to need me a little bit more than they have in the past. So yeah, that is the good thing. (laughs) Yeah, that is really good. It is really nice to be able to just have something out there and just let God take care of it and be able to rest. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, sometimes when we have these busy seasons, it feels like a lie when we tell our husband, like, it's okay. It's going to calm down after this happens. It'll be, you know, yeah. it, cause you know, you just feel like the busyness keeps going, but I was just so grateful that it was true, Yeah, <laughs> you know, and then we were able to really do that. Yeah. That's wonderful. Well, Val, thanks so much for being on the show today. I've really enjoyed talking to you. Me too, Emily. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, goodness, there were so many good things in that conversation with Valerie. I really enjoyed getting to talk to her about prayer for so long. There were just so many great reminders for me there. I think the good thing I'm taking away from our conversation today, though, is that God's view is longer than mine, which she just illustrated so well in her story about starting Valmarie Paper. I'm just always so encouraged when I hear stories like that, where someone is asking God for something small and he's working on something so much bigger in their life. What a great reminder that is for me to trust that God knows what he's doing. So what is your good thing to take away from this conversation with Val today? Maybe you've been wanting to go deeper in your prayer life, but aren't sure how. So you go get Val's book and start spending more time in prayer. Or maybe you've got a great prayer life, but you wish you had a group of friends to pray with, so you start a prayer group. You could use Val's book and the guide that she talked about, or you could just go for it if you feel equipped already. Maybe you're struggling with something that you just haven't shared with anybody. And so you invite a trusted friend in to that burden and you just join in prayer with them over it. Or maybe you're already part of a prayer group and you share this episode with them so they can all be encouraged to keep sharing life together so you can be encouraged by what God is doing around you. Val said, praying for somebody inserts you into God's story in other people's lives. So how can we participate more in God's story this week by praying for those around us? I'm going to start by praying for you right now. God, thank you so much for the stories of individual lives that you weave together to make your big story. I pray for all the individual stories we have, for the struggles, the joys, the triumphs, and the trials. Lord, you know them all. Thank you for working them for your glory and for your good. Please let us find joy in sharing each other's burdens and participating in your story. Amen. Thank you so much for being here today. Again, I've just loved having you with me. And I look forward to talking to you again in two weeks.